can't do everything that the world wants me to do, post everything, say everything that the world wants me to do. I have to do what Christ wants me to do. You can't do both at the same time. You got to choose one. And ultimately, I choose Christ and have my identity in him. Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark students, check out watermark.org students. And we hope that this episode is helpful to you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to season six of the Watermark students podcast. Guys, it is great to be back in studio season with you all. Season six. Let's, Let's go. go. Uh, y'all, my name is Kaylee Pinkerton. And joined with me in the studio today is Will McElroy. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> That's right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Also, we have the one, the only Jermaine Harrison here hey, on the podcast. Hey, what's up, parents, teens, random people listening? We're glad you're here. We are glad they're here. And you know who else we're glad is here with us today is Andrew Bush. Andrew Bush is our student today. Andrew, tell us a little bit about you. Where do you go to school? Um, what do we need to know? I'm going to be a senior at Highland Park. I intern here uh, for Shoreline in the summer. Yeah. It's been awesome working with Will, Jermaine, and Kaylee. I play golf a lot. I like to fish. <laughs> Guys, if you were in the podcast studio, you would see Andrew's golf-themed pens with putters <laughs> on the end of the pens. It's See, he seems to be a, a huge fan of Yeah, golf. this man came into the studio today with not one, not two, but three the irons. Three irons in a box. They're it's not just ball. any pen. It is literally a mini golf so club. The box has like a green on it, like a <laughs> tiny green and a little ball that comes with it. Hey, right? Twelve ninety nine on Amazon. Get your own. Good to know. We'll do link in bio. So good. Andrew, gotta know, what's your favorite golf club? What's the best one? Hmm. I think I like the I like the three hybrid the best, you know? Get a good mm consistent club for me yeah. is that a brand or is that like a what's <laughs> no, the so three it's, a type of, it's a type of club, oh so. i see i see well you were gonna say three hybrid as well weren't you uh i was gonna say the putter the putter <laughs> yeah why the putter because the only one you can't versatile. mess up too bad <laughs> the putter is actually with the least versatile yeah, yeah he said <laughs> versatile i was like no it's not i guarantee you could drive with a putter no you can't you can't sure. you can't putt with an iron can you, yeah, you, you can. yes you can <laughs> will what's easier to putt with a putter or an iron a putter, but what exactly? That's an what iron I'm... or a putter. <laughs> That's what it's made for. That's good. Like, well, y'all, like if you didn't know anything, now you know that Andrew knows a lot about golf and Will knows nothing about golf. <laughs> but don't worry, guys. There's always room for growth and improvement. That's what season six is all about. And so speaking of one room for growth and improvement, it is if you are listening to this podcast right now on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast and you are not yet subscribed to us, just like Will has room to grow in his golf understanding, you have room to grow by just, you know, hitting that subscribe button, leaving us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast, uh, topics you'd want to hear us discuss. We're excited to be with you guys for another season. But really, before we get started, I know we focused, Andrew, on you a little bit, but Jermaine, how's life? What's new? What's going on? Wow. Um, What's going on? What comes what first comes to my mind is my is my son Winslow. He is 18 months old and he's just learning so much about the world right now. His most favorite thing or that I notice is I don't even know where he learned this from, but he loves taking up our cell phones and putting them up to his ears 
and pretending to have a conversation. So it's a it's a babbling conversation with with whoever he's calling. Um, we don't hang on the phone much. I don't know where he learned that from, but that's his favorite thing to do. Or if there's a FaceTime and we tell him, hey, give a kiss to whoever we're FaceTiming, he'll like actually go towards the phone and kiss them <laughs> on the phone screen, which is so great. So life is really fun with an 18 month old. I love that. Well, what's going on in your world? Got to update the people on the pod. Yeah. Well, I went to a carnival last night <laughs> <laughs> with Andrew, actually. Do tell. I finally. An I've ill-advised always, decision. I've No, it was a, what's the opposite of ill? Well. A happily advised sure. decision. <laughs> and I've always wanted to ride that spinner ride where you're not really strapped in, but mm-hmm. just the, the physics of it just pushes you against the wall. And I did it. And it was so fun. Tell us more. You, you you checked it off of the bucket list. I checked it off the bucket list. Twenty four <laughs> years old. Check it. I mean, there really is no feeling like it. Is no, there? Is not y'all, Jermaine Kelly, have y'all done it? I I think I have. I think so. But I just don't trust janky carnival rides, and so that's why I maybe I've experienced it maybe once. I mean, it was, it was life giving to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I felt like humans were not made to be spun like that. <laughs> they definitely were not. Sounds like so, a life changing life changing yeah, experience yeah. for sure. I'm so glad you guys got How to about do you, that. Kaylee? Yeah, tell us update? tell us your update. Yeah guys, I got a really sad update. Uh lately in life I've tried to take on the world of horticulture and mm. More specifically plants. Plants mm-hmm. and really just trying to keep something alive. And so we planted some plants outside of our house and I don't know if you know much about Dallas these days, but it has been toasty not even toasty blazing hot and so everything's died basically um i can't keep all my plants alive yeah if you're not if you're not watering your plants seven times a day every hour on the hour it's gonna die right now yeah you know what they say it's not the plant it's the planter planter. (laughs) yeah literally no one has ever said that Ever. We're gonna quote that. <laughs> Get that in air quotes. Dash well, McElroy. Okay, well, you guys can pray for me and my growth as well, and learning how to keep these plants alive. Well, on that note, I think this is a perfect time to stop talking about us to get on here and talk about what we came to talk about, which is Andrew. We I asked Andrew what what topic he wanted to talk about for the today's podcast, and uh, he said he wanted to talk about cancel culture. And so today we're gonna look into uh, ask some few questions about cancel culture, which is something that uh, is just everyone has seen cancel culture take place and they know what it looks like in society but i want to just start off by clearly defining it andrew and so could you just tell us andrew what cancel culture is and what it looks like yeah so here's the dictionary definition says cancel culture refers to the mass withdrawal of support from public figures or celebrities who have done things that aren't socially accepted today the practice of canceling or mass shaming often occurs on social media platforms such as twitter instagram or facebook and, you know, it seems like every single day there's always, like, a new celebrity being canceled. You know, we'll see on Twitter, like, hashtag XYZ celebrity is over. Um, and sometimes Christians, like, can often think that canceling is, like, we cancel, like, Christians. But Christians uh, have also in the past been guilty of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, a couple of years back, Lil Nas X had a collaboration. Or not, he actually didn't have a collaboration. But we thought he had a collaboration with Nike on a satanic shoe. Mm-hmm. but it was actually his own custom shoe. That, that Nike had nothing yeah. to do with, yeah. But Christians jumped the gun on it and all of a sudden said, like, Nike's over. Like, they're a satanic company. We need to cancel them. And Christians, we didn't have all the information, and we still kind of tried to, to yeah. To jump the gun on that. Yeah, I like how you said that, because I think when I think of cancel culture, I'm I'm quick to assume that, like, 
Christians are the one being canceled or that someone, if they don't have the, the same beliefs as the, like the, the popular agenda or the mainstream agenda that they're being canceled. But, but you are totally right that there are two sides to this coin that, uh, it's not just Christians being canceled or people with, uh, different beliefs being canceled, but Christians are also doing the canceling too. So it's like, it's happening, uh, on both sides here. Um, yeah. And, and I think what makes it even messier is that, um, some of the things that people have done or said, um, they should be appropriately corrected, maybe even publicly. And sometimes that gets lumped into the quote unquote cancel culture of our day, which also includes public shaming for small mistakes or having an opinion that the majority doesn't hold. And so it's it's this whole like mix of, you know, different aspects of cancel culture which which makes it really hard to discern hey is this something i really should stand up against or speak out against or is this something that's just my own opinion mm, yeah that's great and so andrew i think high schoolers it, it looks a little different in high school doesn't it because yeah you may not be getting tweets about high schoolers and people may not be posting instagram stories about high, canceling another high schooler but what does that practically look like uh, for a high schooler as far as cancel culture goes yeah, I think what you just said is definitely right. And I think that, like, students, they aren't necessarily scared of being canceled. Like, we see celebrities. Mm-hmm. But, like, with social media, like, being so prevalent in our lives, like, a lot of students may be scared to, like, um, share their opinions or do things that, like, they think that might not conform to social norms. Mm-hmm. And they would be more likely to uh, fit in with the crowd. Gosh, that is so real. I think I can't imagine what it's like to be a student in this world of prevalent cancel culture I know even some of my small group girls they're going to be sophomores in high school and they are scared to repost anything on social media they are uh, they do kind of live with this fear of cancel culture based on what they say or post especially on the internet because they it's a time in life where you want to be accepted you want to be included and having a different opinion especially as a believer in a uh, non-believing world is just like a tee-up to get canceled yeah I mean being a teenager is already hard enough trying to figure out your your identity, your interests and um, figure out your life, honestly, and see what's what's next. And then throw into that this public forum where anyone can say anything about you and your opinions. And it just makes it all the more difficult, really, to be a teenager um, in our world today. Yeah, it makes you walk on eggshells. Almost everything you say can be taken out of context. Anything you do. Um, people can judge you for it really publicly and I think that's to an extent a healthy way like you talked about Jermaine it's good to be mindful of our words because we can be easily careless however uh, this cancel culture force in which we're experiencing today that's that's unhelpful and unhealthy yes Mm -hmm. yeah I remember I at the risk of sounding like the the old guy, ba- <laughs> there back, welcome back in my back day. in my day. There was a story that resurfaced. <laughs> this was it, it happened in 2013, but I read about this story just two weeks ago. And there was this girl who she only had like 50 followers on Twitter, but she was going to a third world country. Uh, it was some business trip, and and she said some disparaging comment like planes about to take off. I forget what it said word for word, but it was kind of disparaging to that country that we, she was going to. And by the time the plane landed, like that had gotten retweeted, sent to her boss, and she lost her job uh, by the time that plane landed. And uh, this article was talking about how this was like one of the first moments where social media like lost someone their job. And uh, I was reading this, and and 
people were saying like, yeah, she deserved it. But I was like, no, 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 you don't understand 2013. Like people weren't worried about that. Like I posted stuff that like I look back and regret posting, but never in my mind back then did it go through my mind that, oh, maybe, maybe this will get retweeted or someone can screenshot this and send it around. But or your future employer will see what you said or yeah. whatever. And yeah. so I know, I know I'm the old guy that, and you're hearing your parents and your coaches and everyone saying like, watch out what you post on the internet. Like it's going to last forever. And, and I'm not trying to be that, but I'm just trying to say it really is, uh, a, I'm validating you, Andrew, what you're saying and saying that it is a real fear for a high schooler is that they're not going to get maybe canceled like a celebrity does, but you do have a feeling that you you have to fit in or you have to conform based on what you post on the internet or what you say in social settings because uh, there there is backlash when you disagree with the public opinion. Are we would you say we're right on that? Yeah, sometimes it could just feel like everything you're doing is like under a microscope, and right? Like people and people are just going to judge you for whatever you say or do. Yes, exactly. F- fall in line or we'll kick you out of the line. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, Andrew, let's talk about. I mean. I've, I've known you for a couple of years now. I know you're a believer and you, you walk with Jesus. And so how has your faith fit into the conversation of cancel culture? Like how has that uh, shaped the way you view cancel culture and shaped your actions? Um, well, I know that my identity is found in Christ and not man. Uh, Galatians 1.10 says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So it's basically saying like, I can't do everything that the world wants me to do, post everything, say everything that the world wants me to do. I have to do what Christ wants me to do. You can't do both at the same time. You got to choose one. And ultimately, I choose Christ and to have my identity in him and not in the world and not what other people say. Let's go. Preach it. And that's such a countercultural thing for a teenager to say. And man, that's because of the spirit of God at work in you. And the the other thing I would, I would add on that point is that, you know, um, cancel culture is just basically public shaming for mistakes and it's just anti anti christian and it forces you to to do something that galatians 110 says you shouldn't do um, it forces you to be afraid of what man's gonna say versus being mindful of what god's gonna say or or how how um jesus views the way you live and the words that you use and so man public shame for mistakes is not the way of jesus and um, he calls us to something better, something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. If I had to, what I love so much about that verse about pleasing man versus pleasing Christ is that man changes. You know, we were just talking about how 10 years ago the narrative was completely different. And to fit in, you had to say different things than you do today. 10 years from now, things we are saying today may not get us canceled today, but they very well could get us canceled 10 years from now. And so, if you're trying to please man, the, the line is always moving. The boundaries are always changing. And it, it's difficult to keep up. But Christ, his word has never changed. And the and to fit in, to fit into Christ, it is so simple. All you have to do is just uh, humbly come to them and, and realize that he's God and you are not. Uh, and so it, there's nothing that has ever changed with Christ, which is what's so amazing about that. Yeah. And I think what I would add is, Having a faith in Jesus, having a biblical worldview, we should not be surprised about cancel culture. Cancel culture is all over the Bible. Um, Jesus himself experienced it. The apostles experienced it in the early church. We should not be surprised that it's there. However, our faith should cause us to radically um, oppose it and to not jump on board with cancel culture because cancel culture is one of the most unforgiving things we see. There is no room for redemption. 
uh, for reconciliation, like Jermaine said, it is such a shame focused thing. Um, beyond even the person getting canceled, if you're even associated with someone getting canceled or if you have the same belief, that same shame is just extended out to you. You know, it's this mm. never ending cycle of shame. Um, and it's also just inconsistent and hypocritical. And so um, because of my faith, I have to be able to really actively be against cancel culture. And again, we always say that with the fine line of we're not always against consequences for actions, but we are against cancel culture. Uh, Andrew, what is, I want to get, I know you mentioned a Bible verse earlier, but I want to get even just more specific and, and mention some other Bible verses because while the Bible doesn't use the words cancel culture, I think there are verses that make it very clear about God's view on cancel culture. And so what, what would you have to say if, if someone asked you, what does the Bible have to say about cancel culture? Yeah, so 1 Thessalonians 4, 6 says that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. So um, basically what's going on here, yeah, so Paul is telling us that we shouldn't act out of revenge, but we should act, uh, act out of love. So mm -hmm. like when we're trying to quote-unquote cancel people or things, we shouldn't like have bad intentions. We should be trying to righteously correct them and not just trying to be angry and just have it get revenge on people and then James 119 says know this my beloved brothers let every person be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger so it's basically saying as Christians we need to listen a lot more than we hear and we need to be quick to listen you know uh, Will in your sermon yesterday you're talking about how the wise man listens um, and then also the last point slow to anger uh, just like Paul says in Thessalonians James says that we need we can't just be angry at everything yeah yeah, like, and even the, 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 the practical application of that is, like, I just imagine, like, we just see cancel culture so much around us, you know, in all sorts of media. And the thought that comes to my mind is that constantly looking for someone to mess up and looking for something to be angry about or looking for something to post and say, I totally disagree with this and or this person is a horrible waste of time. It's just a horrible use of your time where when instead you could be doing um, something that builds others up, that encourages others. Paul talks about in First Timothy of praying for other people, of seeking peace, of seeking to live a quiet life in First Timothy chapter 2. And like those are the things that we should be, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you should be seeking after um, versus seeking after how can I hunt someone down you know, share the mistake that they've made. Yeah, that's so good. If if I'd add a few verses, uh, Romans 12, 2 is helpful when it comes to this conversation because it just gives us this charge as believers not to conform to the patterns of this world. And the whole concept of cancel culture is conform, like Jermaine said, or get kicked out of the line, get kicked out of the conversation. And so Romans 12, 2 is helpful. Additionally, Colossians three thirteen, like I was saying, cancel culture is one of the most unforgiving things. Um, Colossians 3 tells us to make allowance for each other's faults, to forgive anyone who offends you. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so we must forgive others as well. And even another aspect of cancel culture is just how do we use our words? And a helpful verse for that is Colossians 4, 6, just that our, that our words would be gracious and that as believers, the way that we talk, the way that we disagree, the way that we interact on social media would be gracious enough so that someone would see Christ's love um, through us. And so ultimately an unforgiving, loveless attitude has no place in a Christian's life. And cancel culture is an unforgiving and loveless um, way to, to disagree. Yes. That's so good, Kaylee. Uh, Andrew, as we, as we wrap up, is there 
one last thing that you would share to a listener about cancel culture, um, anything that you wanted to say and just didn't have a chance to share it? Yeah, so I think the most important thing is that Jesus, the only person to ever walk this earth and live a perfect life, was canceled multiple times. Like, he was literally perfect, and he was still canceled. So it just shows, like, as believers, if we're going to follow this guy, there's always going to be people who don't like our opinions, and we're going to be in the minority in opinions a lot of times, so we just have to be ready for that. Yeah, and and to add to that, like, um, we— Every single human being had every reason to be canceled by the creator of the universe because of our sin and our rebellion and our brokenness. That is clearly documented. And instead of canceling us, he came and was crucified for us. So Christ doesn't hold our sin against us. He doesn't publicly put it on display and say, look how terrible this person was for what they did, said, or opinion that they held. He was put on on, on public display uh, on a cross, bearing all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our brokenness. He sacrificed himself on our behalf so that we wouldn't have to be canceled. And man, we get to live in light of what Jesus did and and um, love and serve the world around us because Jesus taught us how we should um, reject cancel culture and embrace forgiveness and embrace speaking the truth in love. So good. I think I would add, um, just on top of everything, that one way we can resist cancel culture is just having humility when we disagree with other people, like these guys have been saying. But Matthew 18 is a great reference. And what does it look like to have conflict with someone, to disagree, and to enter in those conversations? And so we will find ourselves in moments where we disagree with believers and non believers. Um, but disagreement does not immediately mean. Um, we must cancel someone. There is room to move towards those people just like Christ has moved towards us. Yeah, I really like that, Kaylee. That was going to be similar to my last, if I had to give practical advice, just a a practice that I've put into my life just because I, like many other people, negatively interpret so easily. If I see a post that I disagree with or see something, I immediately think that that person has like the worst intentions and out to get me, you know. But in reality, I think a good practice is to assume just assume the best in that person. Like, assume that they just like maybe misspoke or really didn't mean to post that. And so I think you're right, Kaylee. It's like have humility and just be willing to disagree with someone. And and from there, just go on to live quiet, simple lives as we're called to do as Christians in a way that is loving and forgiving, uh, which is the complete opposite of cancel culture. And so uh, unless anyone has anything else to say, Andrew, thank you, bro. Yeah. Uh, this was amazing to have you on here. And I think this is a topic that, that needed to be talked about um, on Definitely. this podcast. And so um, I thought you did a great job of just explaining cancel culture and then and talking about our response to it. And so thank you for having us on. Kaylee, Jermaine, this is great. Uh, if you like this episode, as Kaylee said, please leave a review. Give us five stars. Subscribe. Do all the things. And we will see you on the next one. Bye see y'all. y'all. Hagwow.